Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Hey friend, you're listening to Truth Talks with Tara, a podcast dedicated to helping you know, love, and live God's word. I'm your host, Tara, and I am so glad that you're here. Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So, what do you say? Let's get into it. Whether you're experiencing negative emotions or thoughts or lies from the enemy or having a really hard time controlling your feelings, we're told a lot to take our thoughts captive. We're told a lot this in Christian circles, from mentors, from friends, and we even think about it too because we've heard it somewhere. This idea, this somewhere, comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to dive into this today and we're going to talk about what it actually means to take our thoughts captive. Is it important? How do we do it? Why should we do it? and the benefits that come from it. If you're new to the show, hi. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Tara, and I am honored to be your host and your friend, your online Bible teacher, encourager, soon-to-be author. It is a joy to be with you here today, and I don't take it lightly that you decided to hit play on this episode. Here on the show, we have one goal, and that is to help you know, love, and live God's word in your everyday life through solo conversations like this one or conversations that I have with amazing friends and guests on the show. We really seek to help you grow in your knowledge of God's word and see how God's word really applies to everything in our lives, and it answers all the questions we have in our lives about relationships, about literally everything. Just think of something God's word covers it, and that's what we're after in this show. So thank you for being here here. I'm excited to dive into today's episode with you too, but I just wanted to give a hello to you if you're new, but then also a hello to you if you're a returning listener. You know who you are. 
Alrighty, let's just dive into it. I know we're all curious about what it means to take our thoughts captive. So this idea comes from 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And side note, the reason why I really feel passionate about this episode too is because a dear friend of mine and mentor brought this up to me the other day. I have been honestly dealing with some postpartum stuff, dealing with um, a lot of um, thoughts and lies from the enemy, and my mind has been really muddled. It's been very overwhelming. And when we're overwhelmed and tired, oftentimes that's when the enemy really also seeks to um, just implant lies into our lives and all these things. And so that's what I've been struggling with in particular. And so it was amazing time. And it was a God thing that my mentor brought up this verse from 2 Corinthians 10, 5 about taking our thoughts captive. So I thought it would be really awesome to share with you on the show today too what God's word says about this, how we can put it practically into our lives. And not if you're just dealing with postpartum, just every single day, I think we all deal, I know we all deal with negative feelings, emotions, um, and we all need to speak truth over ourselves. And how do we do that? So let's just dive into it. 2 Corinthians 10.5 is the verse that we'll be looking at today. I want to give a little bit of context, meaning background on this verse and this book and this chapter before we really dive in. Um, really, this is the second letter to the church at Corinth. Paul was the author of this letter. Basically, the main theme and purpose of this letter was he was really defending his ministry. He wasn't necessarily defending himself, but he was defending his mission and his purpose that God had given him. In a way, Paul was really defending God and defending like, hey, this this is why I do what I do because he was getting a lot of opponents in his ministry. He was directly responding to those who were criticizing his humble appearance in Corinth and also he his refusal to speak in the professional rhetoric of the culture to impress anyone really. The church at Corinth had this idea that Paul had to come in more grandeur and they were criticizing his humility and his ministry and Paul was here to say, hey, I come in humility. I'm not here to impress anyone. And so in a way he was defending himself, but first and foremost defending the the Lord. In the same way, this theme of the book is really the relationship between how suffering and the power of the Holy Spirit in Paul's life go together. Again, like I said, the people at Corinth and some of Paul's opponents and people that were criticizing him really argued that Paul suffered too much as a Christian. But Paul made the case that his weakness is the very means by which we as Christians are comforted, strengthened, and we actually make God known to the world the way we witness to the world through our weakness because God's strength is really demonstrated through our weakness. And so Timothy, if you guys know First and Second Timothy from the Bible, Timothy was really like Paul's spiritual son. He arrived at Corinth by Paul's direction first and reported back to him that the church was in great turmoil. So Paul wrote this letter to them. The return that Paul had to Corinth to return back to the church and see them was pretty painful, though, that we're told, because a lot of people had become greatly opposed to him and had a, really a lot of issues with Paul for some reason. There was eventually reconciliation, though, but this is really a message. Second Corinthians is really a message that calls the church to repentance and to strengthen the faithful majority of the church. So basically, Paul was here to be like, hey, here is my defense in the Lord. And then also here, I want to encourage those who are still faithful to the call in Christ, and we can take a lot of these truths to ourselves today too. Okay, so thank you for nerding out with me, if you will, on the context and history and background of this book. Again, it is so important to know the background because it really puts things into full perspective when we know why Paul wrote it, where he wrote it from, the timing, everything. 
it just really helps us not just pluck things out of context, but really read it as it was intended from Paul's just original vantage point. So let's read 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. Verse 5 is sandwiched in there, but I want to read the verse before and after just so we can get the full picture of this idea. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 reads, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Okay, so who is ready for a verse breakdown? Let's get into this and what it means to really take our thoughts captive and why it's important. First of all, Paul mentions the idea of that we are not in the flesh. Paul says, obviously, we all still walk in the flesh. He says this multiple times in his letters throughout the New Testament. You can read it over and over again that although we are new in Christ, we are made new in Christ, we still wrestle with the old man or our flesh, our sin nature. So Paul is saying this straight off the bat. We do still walk in the flesh. Paul is saying that he still struggles with the same things that the Corinthian Christians do, but he wants to make it clear that he does not wage war against the flesh. Let's think about it this way. How effective would it be to show up um, to war or wage war without knowing our opponents, without strategizing and recognizing who you're up against? It's really just not being prepared and not living in reality. So Paul says the same thing here. He really recognizes that although he is flesh and blood, although he is human, although he sins just like you and I, he is a new regenerated creation in Christ. So therefore, following that logic, the war that he wages, the war that we all wage as Christians is not of the flesh. So the weapons that Paul brings to fight are not carnal or worldly or material. We're going to hear that word carnal a lot in this conversation and basically just means material or worldly. These weapons that Paul fights with, he's saying, is they're spiritual. And since we're spiritual beings, we fight a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons way better than the weapons of the world and of the flesh. I love how Paul starts this passage and we start this study with this idea and this encouragement that although we wage a war, it never is comfortable. It never sounds great to say, oh, we're living in a war. We're fighting a war. But Paul says that's the reality. But here's the hope in it that we have spiritual weapons to fight this battle. And what are those weapons? Really think about Ephesians 6. And during Word, the commentary talks about what these weapons are when we think about Ephesians 6 and um, really the sword of the spirit, you know, the belt of truth all of these things, literally the armor of God is our weapons. The Enduring Word commentary says this about it. Instead of the belt of truth, the Corinthian church fought with manipulation. Instead of the breastplate of righteousness, they fought with the image of success. Instead of the shoes of the gospel, they fought with smooth words. Instead of the shield of faith, they fought with the perception of power. Instead of the helmet of salvation, they fought with lording over authority. Instead of the sword of the spirit, they fought with human schemes and programs. That's what this commentary said about that. And I want to include it in this episode because I love the distinction that they made here is that Paul was saying that we fight with weapons of spirituality. We fight with the weapons of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. And yet the church at Corinth was really saying, you know, honestly, the weapons of the world are better. They were fighting with smooth words, manipulation, success. They were fighting with um, any perception of power that they thought they had, lording authority over each other, just saying that they were better than others. Instead of realizing that those weapons don't mean anything at all, but they especially don't mean anything at all in a spiritual battle because those are weapons of the world. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. So I want you to remember with me kind of what we started out with at the beginning. The church at Corinth was really making fun of Paul in a way for using his humility as a weapon, using his humility as a strength to fight the Christian faith and fight the Christian fight. And so to the Corinthians, this was really weak to them. Using carnal things like we just talked about above, like the Enduring Word commentary talked about, that was strength to them. Those were the weapons that they fought with and they thought they were going to find success with. But the spiritual way, the spiritual Jesus way of life is to humble ourselves, die to ourselves, and let God show his resurrection power through us. Now onto verse five, which is what this whole episode is really about, but I love getting to look at the verses just as a whole. So verse five, Paul says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what does it mean to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, or in some verses, or I mean some translations, it's pulling down strongholds, another way to say that. Really, these arguments and every lofty opinions and these strongholds are really wrong thoughts and perceptions that contradict the knowledge and nature of God. So really any thought or perception or idea that goes against or contradicts the knowledge and nature of God. So God's word, the knowledge of God's word, or the nature of God, who God is really. So basically, these arguments are really anything and everything that exalt themselves above God and really goes against God. So if you think about who God is in his word, anything that goes against him, anything that exalts itself above God's word, meaning anything that claims to be better or um, more fulfilling or a higher authority than God's word, those are all of those things. Those are the, all those arguments and every lofty opinions that we're called to destroy. One version says pulling down strongholds. So a stronghold really is when we rely on carnal methods and thinking carnally, basically thinking worldly. Again, that carnal word is worldly or material. So relying on anything of the world and letting that influence our thinking and all of those things and letting God's word be secondary to anything else is a stronghold. It's something that keeps us bound. 
these strongholds really stubbornly set roots down in our hearts and minds and they eventually control our actions and thinkings. And that's when our minds are overtaken by those thoughts that aren't of Christ and those lies. It's really letting our own flesh think instead of bringing it all back to truth. It's letting our flesh really have control of our thoughts and our actions and our hearts and our minds instead of letting God's word have the authority in our lives. We think of arguments as, you know, having an argument or a dispute with your husband or your parents or your friends, but arguments in this context really mean the carnal way of living that argues with the authority of God. Like I just mentioned, anything that says it's more authoritative or more powerful than God's word, it really debates the way of God and the word of God. Now, Paul isn't talking to unbelievers here in this context, but to believers, to the believers at the Corinth church and to us, but these are believers who had let the world slip in and influence their thinking instead of God's word. So here's the kicker. Here's the solution. We can demolish these strongholds. It is so overwhelming. I'm there. I'm with you. I know how you feel. I feel it too. It is so overwhelming to think, how can I actually get rid of these negative thoughts? How can I have power over them? Because they are so pervasive. They are so um, intense and they really get a grip on our lives sometimes. I mean, that's why we call, you know, our thoughts spiraling. That's why sometimes people say they can't fall asleep because their thoughts are all consuming. But here's the really awesome thing in Christ is that we can demolish these strongholds. We can take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. And that is the solution right there is taking every thought and captive obedient to Christ. That is a solution to letting those negative thoughts and those lies not have a hold on us. So let's talk about what that means. This is the awesome and hopeful and exciting part, friend. The truth of the matter is that our thoughts must be brought captive and made obedient to Christ. As believers, as someone who has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, Paul says that we are not our own anymore. We have been bought by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Our call, our way to be obedient to Christ, but then also the most freeing way to live because it was the way we were created to live, is to bring every thought captive and make him obedient to Christ. So when we start to think in this worldly way, in this carnal way, we must stop our thoughts, take hold of them and hand them over to Jesus and live the Romans 12 2 way to not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds we are not helpless victims or recipients of our thoughts meaning we are not just people in Christ that can be like okay well there's a negative thought I can't do anything about it I'm just going to roll over and take it no we have the power and authority to not let that happen in our lives we can choose to stop our thoughts and bring them to the obedience of Christ because we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the word of God, which is our truth readily available to us at all times. Thoughts of lust, anger, fear, greed, anxiety, bitterness, evil, any of those thoughts must be brought into captivity. Captivity is this idea of taking something captive, kidnapping something, if you will, and just really grabbing a hold of it and not letting it go, not letting it go any further and really um, invade our lives and just really set down roots and harmful roots in our lives. And so the second thought is we first have to take them captive, which means stop them in their tracks, hold on to them, do not let them spiral, do not let our heart take them any further. And the second part is bringing them to obedience in Christ. So we display our obedience to Christ when we choose to believe him over our worldly thoughts, over any of these sinful, pervasive, untrue thoughts, anything that goes against God's word. This is our obedient act of saying, okay, God, I'm stopping these thoughts in my tracks. I'm going to be like, okay, what does your word say about it? I'm going to make it obedient to what you say. We really display obedience and love for God when we set out to believe his truth instead of the world's truth. 
Now, it's really easy to say God's truth, and it's really easy to say that his truth is the authority, but it's another to actually believe it. That's true obedience. And at times, when it's hard to believe God's truth about you and about his word, we need to take our thoughts captive anyway. Here's the thing. Sometimes our feelings and our, you know, what we really think in that moment doesn't really line up with God's word. But as followers, we're called to be obedient despite our feelings. We're we're called to act out of obedience and pray that our feelings will follow because the truth always supersedes our feelings. I was talking to my mentor and I was just telling her some of the anxious feelings I had been having. And she says, Tara, what do you do in those moments when you have those anxious feelings? And I was really honest with her and I said, I, you know, I've been letting them spiral. I've been letting them take control and just kind of lead into other thoughts and just have, you know, sometimes just panicked moments. And she said, well, we have this power and the authority and the Holy Spirit to take that thought captive, meaning to capture it, to stop it in its tracks and instead meet it with the truth of God's word. So she said, Tara, if you have this anxious feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough, or I have this guilt of, you know, being a working mom, whatever you're struggling with, she's like, take that and stop that in that moment and say, what does God's word say about that? What does God say about that? Is that true or is that not true? And so for my certain feeling of having mom guilt because I was working, you know, during one of his naps or he was with my mom for a couple hours, I felt guilty over that. And so my mentor and friend asked me, she's like, does God guilt and shame us and condemn us. And I said, no, there's no condemnation for those in Christ as God's word tells us. And so that's just an example of how I have been trying to take my thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, make them obedient to the scripture, to preach truth over my soul, even if I don't necessarily believe it. But here's the thing is that we can believe God's word, even if our feelings don't line up, because God's truth is not dependent on our feelings. God's truth is fixed. His nature and his knowledge is fixed no matter how we feel. And so it's preaching that truth over to our soul and saying, God, I'm going to stop these feelings in my tracks, not because I necessarily have the strength on my own to do it, but because your Holy Spirit lives in inside of me and you can help me do this even when I feel so weak to do it. So let's talk about a few practical ways to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. So the first thing I just kind of already alluded to, and that is to ask the Holy Spirit to work in your lives. Because again, we don't fight in the human flesh. We don't have the human flesh reigning over us. Yeah, we still wrestle with it, but the power of Christ is the one who lives and works inside of us. Do you remember 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the verse right before verse 5 says that we have divine power. In other words, Paul wanted to remind us that he does not destroy strongholds and we do not take thoughts captive by fancy words or human strength like the church at Corinth was doing, but we do it by the Spirit. We do it though, although we are weak, that Christ is strong. Yeah, we do need to study and know God's word, but we should never fall victim to the mindset that we can figure it all out on our own. We can't open God's word. We can't live the Christian life out of the you know, assumption or out of the idea that we can figure it out all on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. We do need to come to God's word. We do need that desire and that steady mindset, but no mere intellect of our own will dismantle the thoughts that we have that are opposed to Christ. And so the first thing, and the really maybe the most important thing is to ask the Holy Spirit to work in us and help us actually do this. The second thing is to lay yourself open to Christ. Here is the thing, friend, God already knows everything about you. He knows every secret. He knows every thought. He knows every dream, every sin, and every struggle. We cannot hide from his presence or knowledge. So instead of trying to run away from him, let's pray bold prayers and make bold steps to lay ourselves vulnerable and honestly to God. 
I think a lot of times we don't want to admit that we're having negative or pervasive or thoughts that just go against God's word because we're ashamed, we're embarrassed, we're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, okay, we all struggle. We all struggle with these things. We all struggle with sin. God knows it and he's not condemning us for it. He's saying, hey, I got a better way for you to live confess, live freely in my, in my truth and my love. Hiding and failing to confess our sins or weaknesses or really acknowledge our thoughts we struggle with really only hinders intimacy and change in our relationship with God. Um, side note, I just posted a new blog post that I will put in the episode notes, but about this question of do confessing our sins really matter? Does confessing our sins really matter? And one of the points that I, you know, really bring up, spoiler alert, is that confession, if we don't confess our sins, it really hinders intimacy with God because it's, you know, just really putting up this barrier between us and God because God is a holy God who cannot have part with sin. And so in the same way, if we try to hide our thoughts and we try to hide our weaknesses and our struggles of struggling with these negative thoughts and having a hard time taking, you know, our our minds captive, it's really going to hinder our intimacy with the Lord because God already knows our weaknesses. And if we just lay ourselves bare and say, God, I need you, it's this beautiful representation and act of dependency on him. And so again, honesty breeds intimacy. God is gentle and kind, but he's also holy and righteous. He wants to work on us, not to punish us, but to bring us into the kind of connection and the kind of life that we were created for, life with him. One that is where he's like, Oh my gosh, my daughter, my son, I want to teach you how to live this beautifully freeing way. And I want to give you the tools to take your thoughts captive and live in obedience to me and live in freedom with me. And so if we just lay ourselves bare to him, he will really show us. And the last tip that I will give you today in this practical way to really take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, how do we actually do that in day-to-day life, is to have truth ready for the thoughts and feelings that you struggle with the most. So I want to encourage you in something I'm going to share a little bit more in a few moments, but something that I'm also going to have in the episode notes is a freebie for you. I've compiled a list of verses and scriptures for you to print out, to write down on note cards for yourself, to have literally on your wall, in your car, wherever you need it to be around your life. I've created a list of scripture and verses for you with whatever you may be struggling with as far as your thoughts, anxious thoughts, sad thoughts, hopeless thoughts, depressed thoughts, overwhelmed thoughts, tired thoughts, really any of these things that you struggle with. I created a freebie, just a list of verses for you to really speak over your life. And so if you click the link in the episode notes, you can grab those and it'll be sent to your inbox for you. I want you to print these out and use them as a guide to write them out maybe on note cards and stick around your house and memorize them. That's another really cool key thing. I wrote a blog post too. I know I'm just throwing out all these resources, but they're just so, so key. Um, I wrote a blog post about how to memorize God's word and why that's so important. And that's something really, really key here too, is to have these truths ready. So when you have a thought come into your mind, you'd be like, okay, here's what God's word says about that thought. Here's what God's word says about my anxiety or my fear or my depression. And I'm going to speak that truth back to my heart and help my heart believe it. And so if we have these truths ready, it'll just help us in these moments that we're maybe dealing with an anxious thought and be like, okay, Lord, you tell me in first Peter to cast my anxieties on you because you care for me. And so it's just really preaching truth over again to ourselves. And so having those things memorized or ready on something is so, so life-giving and so helpful. Again, click the link in the episode notes to grab your freebie. It'll be sent directly to your inbox for free so you can have that. There are so many other verses that you can look up for different things in your life, but I wanted just to give you a small starting point of verses that I have found that really have helped in those moments. 
Okay, dear friend, that is it for today's episode. I am so thankful that you would sit down with me or just be on the go with me wherever you're listening to this episode and just really dig into what God's word says about taking our thoughts captive and making them obedience to Christ. Friend, there is so much freedom in this. I am still learning this just right along with you. I'm struggling with my thoughts every single day and I am learning to take scripture and be like, God, the world doesn't have authority over my flesh because I fight a spiritual battle and you are the one who works and empowers me every single day. And so I'm going to preach truth and I'm going to let your truth be authority over my thoughts. And it's really a practice that we have to do every single day, but not one without hope. And so friend, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing this because as you do it, as you really immerse yourself in God's word, it'll become this beautiful rhythm and routine in your life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to say it's going to be something that we really run to as a first resort of making God's truth primary over our lives, over our thoughts, and not secondary. Here's to letting God's word be the final say and have the final say and guide our every single step in our lives because God's word has something to say about everything. And it's so, so good, friend. I love you and I'll see you in next week's episode.